How's it going, everybody? Welcome into the second episode of Crunch Time Opinion. I'm your host, Dan Berman. Today, I'm very excited to introduce you to my guest, Renee Washington. Renee is a former three-time All-American. She is currently with ESPN and Fox Sports as a reporter. She is also an author and speaker while doing some modeling as well on the side. Renee also hosts her own podcast called Behind the Scenes with Renee Washington, as well as Redefining Us. You can stream them on Spotify and iTunes. Ladies and gentlemen, it is a real treat having Renee here with me today. Renee, I'd like to welcome you in now. How are you holding up during these times? What have you been up to during, you know, now semi-quarantine? Well, thank you, Dan. I appreciate you having me on. That was a great introduction. Um, it's beyond the headlines, but it's okay. It's similar um, on Fox Sports. But yes, thank you so much for having me on. I'm glad to be here. And uh, so far, things have been going pretty well. It's been um, an odd time for sure. I'm sure most people are dealing with that. And now as sports are returning, just transitioning back into fully getting into the swing of things. So it's been a time of growth, a time of just kind of, um, you know, expanding the content I'm creating as I, and now preparing for the return of sports. That's great. And today, Renee, I want to talk with you about some points on social justice and how it relates to sports, as well as the return of sports and where you think we are headed with that. Um, I'll first start off with reiterating what I said in my last episode, and then I'm interested, and I know everyone listening is as well, to hear your thoughts on the subject. Being a writer and author, I'm sure you have written about this topic and also spoke about it. So without going too much in depth, um, I'll make a little quick opening statement, and then I'll pass it over to you. So I'll start by saying we haven't resolved the issue in this country of prejudice and hatred. Sports are starting back up in this country with athletes coming from all backgrounds, so I think it would be nice if sports could unite this country as well as entertain us. I'm hopeful and I'm optimistic that sports will be a catalyst for change. As two individuals in media, one being as Renee in her prime and me as a student still up and coming, um, I think we look at everyone we come in contact with as equal. Now, Renee, I'll pass it over to you and just get some thoughts of what you think. Do you think sports could be a catalyst for change for social justice? And you know, what are your thoughts about just what has happened in the past month? Yeah, I think that, I mean, sports definitely have a platform without a doubt, you know, um, as much as people like to say that sports should be kept separate from politics and social injustice and things going on in society. I don't know why we remiss and, and take away the fact that these athletes are people as well with rights, just like the rest of us. And we don't separate our jobs from from who we are as people. So neither should they, you know, and I think that seeing the way that sports have returned, um, I'm excited as a soccer player to see soccer be the first to really paved the way in terms of major sports. Of course, we have NASCAR and we have, you know, wrestling and, and, and other sports as well. But for major sports to have the NWSL come back on the women's side and the MLS is back um, with their return to play. Um, of course, seeing the way that players have been kneeling, wearing shirts in the MLS, they were wearing shirts, uh, on, on, excuse me, names on the back of their jerseys that, each rep represented a different person whose life was lost to social injustice. So you saw Floyd, you saw Taylor, you saw the different names, uh, warm-up shirts. I know the NBA, as they've been arriving in Orlando, we've been seeing players arriving with Black Lives Matter or I Can't Breathe, different types of shirts. So I do think that because sports have such a large platform and so many people pay attention and you know are tuned in, while you have people's attention, that's a great way, a great time to do it. It's not taking away from the game. It's not like they're stopping in the middle of playing and saying, hey, wait, 
look, let's all change this. Let's all be, a, let's be more peaceful. Let's have a better society. No, if they're, if they're walking into an arena and instead of wearing a, a regular outfit, um, we're seeing them wearing something that makes a statement, is that really affecting you in any way? It should not. So I think that's always been my issue with people that have complained. I know even kneeling people, of course, over the years, we've seen going back to Colin Kaepernick, that being seen that seen as a negative thing. But with the direct correlation to kneeling in the death of George Floyd, if you still think that kneeling during a, the national anthem is negative or a disrespect to our country in any way, you're missing the point. So I am I applaud athletes for what they're doing, even in the Premier League. In Europe, I've been seeing um, they're also taking a stand by kneeling as a as a whole before the game at the start of the game and speaking up. And I've been seeing so many people, not even just in our country, but outside of our country, speaking up and helping to be a part of the conversation. So, yes, sports should overlap. You know, sports should intersect. Um, and my, my last point on it is just that we don't want to have we're so focused on sports. But does how important is sports if we have? so much going on in our, in our country, so much war, so much, um, and I say war in the sense of division, so much hatred and discrimination. So we would rather, would we rather have a nation where sports turn a blind eye and we continue to have, have all this division and social injustice or where we're uniting on every, in every aspect, sports, law, you know, um, society, in all aspects of society, we're lo- working to make change. So I'm all for it. And I applaud the athletes for what they're doing. Yeah, Renee, I think that thought that was great what you said. You know, I, I applaud too. You know, I think just the big platform that sports has, um, you know, and everybody just, you know, like you said, wearing maybe a warm up shirt or it could be, you know, obviously, obviously Colin Kaepernick with the kneeling part of it. Um, I think it's all good. And I think it really makes a great stand. And I think, um, you know, players should continue to do it and look up to Kaepernick as well. So um, I really like what you said. So thank you so much for that. Um, now, I want to get into the return of sports, and I'm interested, Renee, to start off. What sport do you think has the best chance of returning successfully? You know, like, obviously, um, there are people that say we should hold off on sports until next year. But obviously, you know, they're going to start up. They're going to try to at least. Um, we know soccer has already done that. Um, and now NBA and MLB are on the, uh, on the come up to do so. Um, but some say we should wait for a vaccine. Um, but obviously, people want them back for entertainment purposes and a chance for the players to have a voice. Um, me personally, I'm really split down the middle. You know, I want sports to come back, but with what I'm seeing, cases just keep going every day. And especially in Florida, you know, where the cases have skyrocketed and the NBA plans to resume their season there. Um, obviously, I don't know if you saw probably yesterday, you saw Joel Embiid with that hazmat suit. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of me is saying this, you know, may not be such a good idea, but what are you sensing? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, the one thing that is really stands out to me that's concerning is the fact that we have the NBA, the WNBA, the ML, um, MLS, a lot of sports are, are returning in Florida. So it's very terrifying to know that the cases are increasing so much in the South and knowing that that's exactly where all these players are going. Now, I know they're in a bubble, but you know there's a lot of people in, in terms of travel and, and personnel that are working in the facility coming in and out of the, the bubble um, not everyone is being quarantined. The players are, the coaches are, but not all the staff members working in, in the bubble, uh, especially in Orlando, that's what I've been seeing, are not fo- forced to stay in. They are able to come and go. So, you know, there are some concerns, and I know I've been having this conversation with a lot of people and just ask, posing the question of, you know, at what expense is it worth risking all this? You know, there's a chance that sports come back safely and, and everything's fine. There's also a chance that they 
come back and there's an outbreak of some sort. So it's it's kind of, you know, which is more which risk are you more willing to take and seeing, you know, how sports are returning, I know they're doing all they can to make it safe having players come into the bubble, quarantining before they are able to get out and start training, you know, different protocols that are in place, but it's still at the end of the day is a pandemic. There's no easy way to know and, and really protect from it. You know, it's not something that we're used to and have vaccines and medications for. So that is a scary part of it. But I do think that outdoor sports will have a better chance just because of the way that for for the virus um, to spread. I think being outside and like for soccer, for instance, you're on a large field, although there are 11 players on each team on the field at a time, you know, it still is a little more spaced out. Football, I know they've been um, looking into having less fans. I've been looking at the teams that have been releasing how many fans they're going to have, 25% of their seats being able to be filled. They're still looking to have fans, but just cutting back on the number of people in the, in the stadium at a time. So I think that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. And even just the fact that football, unfortunately, as the simplest way I can put it, is a a more dirty sport. You look at the fact you have so many players in such a small area. Soccer, there's maybe 22 players on a team. Football, of course, there's 11 players on the line. So, you know, you have your special teams, your offense, your defense. There's just a lot more players. There's a lot more pads. There's just a lot more areas where germs can kind of, and that and the virus can kind of exist. So for me, that's kind of something that makes football concerning. Baseball, soccer, in my opinion, should actually be okay. Now, the dugout is, is you know, much like the bench in other sports is going to be something to look at. But I think it's going to be easier for outdoor sports as a whole versus indoor sports, hockey, basketball. So, you know, I'm I'm curious to see how this plays out. And I'm just hoping that we're all wrong and that it's going to come back just fine. And that, you know, our all of our concerns are for nothing. But I know that all the executives and, and league officials across sports have been working tirelessly to make sure that they not only return, but return safely. Yes, Renee, and I appreciate that as well. You know, like, I think, like you said, you know, I hope it all comes out safely. Um, you know, I know that, you know, the top officials of the sports are doing a good, uh, you know, trying to do their best job that they can um, of trying to keep these players safe, obviously, with the bubble. But I agree with what you said. You know, I think outside sports has the best chance of being successful. Um, for me, I think baseball, um, MLB, I, I think will have the best chance for me. I think, you know, the reason I say it is because the players are more spread apart, like you said, and they're mm -hmm. not breathing down each other's necks, you know, like basketball and football, per se. And, of course, hockey, you know. So, I, you know, of course, in a stadium without fans. So I think MLB uh, can come back the most safe. Um, you know, what do you think about that? Yeah, no, I agree. When you even think about the way that baseball is played, yes, there's a ball. So, you know, people are, but you're, you're, you have a mitt, you have people, there's no contact in the, in the same way that you have contact in soccer, basketball, football. So for that reason, it should actually be a sport, baseball, tennis, golf. They should be sports that are easier to return safely because you are so spread out. You're social distancing in a sense, aside from whoever, you know, whoever's running the bases um, you're passing people as you run the bases, but it still is not contact in the same sense. So I think baseball should have the, the best chance of returning. Of course, we, we have been seeing all the issues around baseball with the MLB and, and players really trying to figure out what that number is going to look like for games and coming to a, an agreement. So that has been the biggest issue on the baseball side, but in terms of COVID, they should be able to return relatively safely. The, only concerning part was the fact that so many players tested positive after they had their first bit of spring training. But I think that, you know, as you mentioned, it, with them 
essentially being socially distant in the sport, it should be somewhat safer. Football really is a concern for me because of that. Um, and that's something that, you know, I know everyone is waiting with bated breath. We've been seeing college sports have been canceling their fall athletics. Um, so it looks like they're made. We don't know what's going to happen with college football, which obviously would be a huge hit. I know a lot of people tend to, you know, as much as we, we don't like to say it, but a lot of people watch college football more than any other fall sport. So, um, that's kind of something I know people are waiting to see what's going to happen around college football. And then for the NFL, how, how will this play out? You know, I know the preseason games have already been canceled, you know, what's in terms of what's going to happen next with having less fans, preseason games canceled. I know they're trying to make it work, but we, you know, as you mentioned, it's a sport that there's a lot of risk there for sure. Yeah. And I appreciate that again. You know, I know you do some uh, reporting with ESPN for college football, so um, it'd be great if they can get back um, to, you know, doing that. Um, Now, do you think uh, fans not in the attendance will play a part not only for teams, but for like um, viewers, viewership as well? Like, do you think viewership will go down because it's not as entertaining enough? Like, what do you think they have to do for the entertainment aspect of it? Yeah, I think now because of the fact that we've been quarantined and and in the middle of a pandemic for months now that people are just excited to have something to watch. I know a lot of people have been saying um, one of the hardest things about that about COVID is the fact that this would be a great time to sit and just watch as many games as possible because normally when sports are, are happening and we're working and schools are open and, and all these different activities are going on, you might not always be able to be li- watching live games. But now because people are working remotely and from home, a lot of people have been saying, gosh, if, if I had one thing, I just wish I could watch sports. You know, I wish I could watch games during this time because I, I am home. I am now in front of my TV. So I think that because we are, we have been without, people will just appreciate the fact that sports are back. I know I've been watching soccer and it has been, you know, a lot of people have been talking about even just that maybe did not watch soccer before now getting into it just because they want to watch a sport. So I think had we had this conversation months ago, people would have been like, no, I'm not, I'm not sitting watching from home with, with no fans. But I think now Things have changed so much that people are just excited to have something to watch, even if it means there's no fans. Because at the end of the day, they're doing a um, from the sports that I've seen so far, doing a really good job of still making it ex- exciting and entertaining without having the the live audience there. So you know, I think that everyone's just going to be appreciative of the fact that sports are back and be open to however it it means watching them, um, if it means to have them return safely. Yeah, Renee, I would agree, you know, just to reiterate, I think, you know, just, you know, it's, it's been so long since people have been able to get back into sports and I think they'll just take it for what it is, um, you know, coming back, even if it's without fans or without entertainment, it'll be good just to see their teams back and competing, uh, which is great. You know, now two more points and then we'll wrap it up. Um, is there certain teams that you root for? Do you have any special teams that you root for, for different sports? Oh, Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, in <laughs> in basketball, I am a, a diehard LeBron James fan. So, whatever team LeBron is on is my team. So I'm Team Lakers right now. Um, in football, I'm an Eagles fan. Um, and actually in soccer, I don't even have a specific team. I just enjoy I just enjoy watching the games. Um, you know, of course, there's local teams, Sky Blue and the Philadelphia Union um, for the women and men's side. But uh, definitely, definitely, I'm excited to see my teams get back on the court, on the field, see what happens. Um, hopefully for the Eagles to have a healthier season 
and for the Lakers to be able to win a championship. So I'm definitely a homer with with um, local Philly sports, except for in basketball with LeBron James and the Lakers. Gotcha. And, you know, speaking <laughs> of LeBron James, um, do you think what did you think, first of all, of the Michael uh, Jordan documentary? And do you think LeBron will come back um, after watching that or seeing that with some sort of type of vengeance, you know? It's a good question. And, you know, I think that um, the way that The Last Dance was structured was, oh, my gosh, gosh, it was it was beautiful. It was like giving me chills at time. I felt like I don't know if it's because we don't have sports right now or because I was, you know, we're, I was, we were quarantined when it came out. Um, have no idea. But I just was like it was so exciting. I was like watching it as if I was seeing everything play out for the first time. And now that, and I mean and I mean that in the sense of not knowing how it was going to turn out. So. You know, I was born in 92. So when Jordan was playing, and of course, you're younger than me. So I know you definitely agree with and understand this. When Jordan was playing, you know, I was I was a a baby. You know, I wasn't watching games like that. So now to be able to watch the games again and get the full perspective, something I always tell people is I, I grew up watching a lot of hardwood classics. I come from a basketball family. So I knew a lot about, you know, Michael Jordan and I, I've seen him play um, in you know, games that have been, you know, the the flashback games, the Harvard Classic games. But to see all that went around it, you know, you're, you're getting an inside perspective into timeouts, the locker room, what's being said behind the scenes, what's being done behind the scenes, which you don't get that normally when you watch any game, let alone a Harvard Classic. So for me, it was more exciting in the sense that it just allowed me to get more insight and perspective. And then also... Um, I found myself, that's why I found myself literally watching like with bated breath as if I didn't know how it was going to turn out. Like, oh, you know, it's an, it's the 90, 95 champ, championship. Michael Jordan's not there. I don't remember. What, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, I do know what's going to happen, but it just felt, it felt like it was happening live, you know, watching in 96, watching in 94, all the, all the years as I was watching, it just felt so exciting just to see how it was, how it, the timeline of it all was worked out. It also showed such great, storylines um, in terms of getting every single player on the, the 90s Bulls upbringing, their background, who they are, their family, weaving all that in in a way that made sense. So I just love the way that they unfolded the story so that it wasn't just linear from start to finish, but we were going back and forth between, you know, between um, eras or time, excuse me, to get a sense of really what led to each moment. So uh, it was it was incredible. It was it was inspiring it was it was everything and I think for LeBron James back to your question I think for LeBron James it should be something that motivates you in the sense of wanting to get out and and continue to write your history you know I I think a lot of people always or often forget the fact that whatever you're doing in this moment is is you're making your own story you're creating your own story so now for Jordan Michael Jordan looking back and telling about his career if I'm an athlete that's motivation to want to make my story even more impactful and powerful so that 10, 20 years from now, I have the ability to go back and tell it the way Michael Jordan did. So I think in in that aspect, even also, of course, go out and get more championships, but also just to go out and continue to write his story so that when we, whenever LeBron James does retire, we'll have the ability, and I'm sure he's going to have a documentary similar, to be able to go back and watch and, and relive these moments. That was great, Renee. Thank you so much for that. Um, you know, I agree with everything that you said there. Um, very well said. Um, and, you know, like you said, you know, I think just, um, you know, you re- the documentary was really well put together. 
Um, you know, you'll hear it from parents or older ones, how good Jordan really was, but you never really got that perspective, you know, and my dad's a little older, so he was lucky enough to go see Jordan play. Um, and, you know, now that you get to see the, uh, when you're watching it on TV, um, you get to actually see the backgrounds and of course how good he really was. And it gives the younger mm -hmm. generation, I think more of a, uh, you know, a, a bigger perspective and they can really say now how he is really the best, you know? So I think, mm -hmm. I think that's great. Renee, I want to wrap up the show by talking about what we can look for in your podcast. What can viewers look for in your podcast? Just a brief little over overview. Absolutely. So I host Beyond the Headlines with Renee Watt Sports Radio, and we a new episode streams every Wednesday. I'm actually coming up on the one-year anniversary of my show. Um, I started the show in July of 2019, so I'm planning a big one-year anniversary live episode that – fans will be able or viewers will be able to tune into and the show really just takes you through a lot of different topics so of course we talk about sports but it's it's a the concept of the show is exactly what the title is so we're going beyond the headlines you know it's taking us um as you mentioned behind the scenes a little deeper dive into similar to actually how like the last dances like i try to bring those types of stories to the forefront where it's um showing people more than what we know from just a trending topic so can we hear more about someone's upbringing their journey things they've overcome to become who they are today so I try to go a little bit deeper and beyond the headlines in that aspect so we talk about the you know sports we also get into news and entertainment I've got various quick hit segments that focus on those topics I have music for each episode so a different featured artist of the week that shares their their career their music on each episode and then a positive vibes only segment which focuses on people that are out and highlighting people that are out in their community making a difference in some way. So that's anyone from sports personalities and figures to doctors and military veterans, business owners and entrepreneurs, authors, just a variety of people that are out making a change. So it's my show is not just a sports show, but you can get literally sports news, entertainment, music, whatever's going on, the latest topics and discussions, um, just to hopefully try to inspire and encourage through it. So yeah, I hope you guys can check it out. And, you know, I appreciate you again, Dan, for having me on to be able to talk through some sports with you and also just to, to talk about what's going on in society right now. Thank you so much for, for that, Renee. And I hope everybody can go check, it, check that out as well. Ladies and gentlemen, that is going to wrap up our show with my guest, Renee Washington. Once again, you can go listen to her podcast at Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington on Spotify and as well as iTunes. Renee, I want to thank you for taking some time out of your day to join me today. It was an honor to have you on. You were one of my first uh, big contacts. So I'm grateful for oh, that. Thank I, want to, you. I want to commend you on the work you have done so far in the industry and you are someone I look up to. So thank you once again for joining me today. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And I, this has been fun and I'm excited for you with your show taking off and really excited to see what's next for you as you continue to grow and, Best of luck to you. It's a fun, fun career to work in, and the sky's the limit for sure. So keep keep up the great work on your end, too. Thank you so much, Renee. You got it. Thanks so much. Stay safe. Take care.